Welcome to the podcast where you get your news and views of the sports world that we live in. And now here's your podcaster, Lige Weichers. Welcome to the Lige Weichers Show. I made a lot of predictions last week on the show. Some proclamations that seem bold, not only about football, but also of some golf. But the first prediction I made was that the Lions would go to into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers by double digits. That's what I was saying. The double-digit win was big. A lot of people were predicting a close game, but not here on the Lie Dwighter Show. No, no, no. We were confident. We were bold. The Lions were going to go to the Green Bay Packers and beat them easily. And what do you know? It came true. The week was off to a great start. The Detroit Lions go into Lambeau Field, get the big win. They start with a Jared Goff interception, and then boom, before you know it, they're up easy. Halftime, they're crushing it. The defense has barely given up a yard, and they win, what, 34-20? to 20? This was a domination in Lambeau Field. This was a statement win by the Detroit Lions that they are head and shoulders above the rest of the teams in the NFC North, and that they are among the elite and not only the NFC, but the NFL. A lot of people may have been surprised, but not me. This is what I expected, a team to show some grit, some toughness, to beat up on a young Jordan Love and the defense to continue the new winning ways. Now, some issues started happening when I made the U.S. Ryder Cup golf team the Lige's Lock of the Week. I I may have made a mistake there. I may have gotten over my skis a little bit. We'll get back to football shortly, but first we have to talk about this U.S. Ryder Cup team. How do they always go to Europe and lose? It's been 30 years and I thought the drought would end and shame on me for thinking that this team could change. There was no fire. Zach Johnson, what a terrible captain. I hope they left him in Rome. The pairings, he couldn't have chosen worse pairings. And the players, they showed no heart. The only guy there playing with any heart was Max Homa. This was an embarrassing performance by the U.S. and honestly, one that we've come to expect when they're in Europe. 2025, the Ryder Cup comes back to the U.S. at Bethpage Black in New York. There's been some proclamations been made by Europe that they're, they're here to win. They want to win on U.S. soil. And I hope the Americans are ready to show up, defend at least home territory, and show some grit. All the talk was about not playing for money, and all the Europeans care about is beating the Americans and playing for their country. I think the Americans could take a lesson. But I was not too down. One and one going into Sunday. It was time for the Colts game. The Colts were playing the Rams, and I was confident. I said, expectations come with fear when you think your team might start winning, and then boom, they lose. But that wasn't going to happen. And what do you know? 23 nothing. Luke's in town to scout the game with me, and... Luke must be thinking at this point, I'm bad mojo. The Colts can't win when I watch. And the Colts slowly claw their way back in. Anthony Richardson starts making some absolute big-time plays, running and throwing the ball. The defense gets it together a little bit, gets some pressure on Stafford, and all of a sudden we have an overtime game. There was some questionable decisions on the last drive. I thought the Colts should have been a little bit more aggressive with Anthony Richardson, not wanting to go to overtime. But overtime nonetheless, and what do you know, they lose the coin toss and Stafford marches down the field on an old man hip, throwing to Puka Nakua mostly, and the Colts lose. Very disappointing to say the least, and not what I wanted to see out of the Colts in one and two weekend from the predictions. Not what I was hoping for after that hot 1-0 start, but that hasn't deterred me. We're looking forward, not back. New predictions, more locks. We're going to start with the Lions and the Panthers. The Lions are now big favorites, nine and a half point favorites at home against the Panthers. Wow. 
the Lions are actually big favorites. This is when we need the statement win. There's no playing it close, even losing this game. That would be the old Lions. The new Lions, they put their mark on this game. The offense starts cooking. The defense keeps it rolling and gets pressure. There's one key element to this game, and his name is Jamison Williams. That's right, folks. The suspension is over. The NFL realized that they made a mistake on the gambling laws. Suspending him for six games? Are you kidding me? They reduced it to two. Now, of course, Jamison had already served his four games, but he's back. I, for one, am fired up to see Jamison play 10 snaps a game. All you people expecting 30 or 40? Come on, folks. Hold your horses. These 10 snaps are going to be glorious. Hopefully... The offensive line continues to get healthy. Amon Ra has been out with an abdomen injury. Is this concerning to me? Not really. I do still think he'll play, but I'm not even that concerned if he doesn't play. The official prediction is Lions cover the 9.5. They're going to beat up on Bryce Young, the 5'9 midget running around the field who never deserved to be picked number one. They're going to confuse him, get a pick or two, get some pressure. The offense is going to hum. I'm looking at another... 34 to 17, 34, 14. In that range, it's going to be a big win. The offense is going to get moving, and the Lions will continue this track of winning the NFC North. Next, we got to talk about a massive game. Anthony Richardson and the Colts take on their rivals, division foes, Tennessee Titans. Oh man, Luke said he might even go to the game in Lucas Oil. That's how desperate times have gotten for the Colts. Richardson cooking. Jonathan Taylor back at practice. People said he didn't want to be on the team, including me. And now he's back at practice. Will he actually play on the team? I'm not convinced. But I think there is growing optimism among the organization that Jonathan Taylor will suit up. And he has to play at some point. I don't think he can demand a trade forever. I do think Taylor ends up playing, but this game is tough for me to call. Tennessee, we've seen him get blown out. I've called him one of the worst teams. We've seen him win games. And I'm confused. What do I actually think of the Titans? And Colts fans aren't going to like to hear this, but I'm taking the Colts again. I think the Colts get back on track. Jonathan Taylor, will he play? I think we're going to have a Jameson Williams type deal. Not full snaps. He'll be back partially and start the ramp up process. Who knows? Maybe they just unleash him fully, but Zach Moss has been good. I think Richardson and the team get off to a quicker start this week. I think they whoop the Titans. The Titans are not that good. I see this as a double digit. We'll go back to it. Win for the Colts. Now to get back on track for Elijah's lock, to move back to 2-2, two and two, I went deep. I went looking. I thought, what can I do to get us back on track? I wanted to take the Houston Texans at plus 2 against the Atlanta Falcons. C.J. Stroud behind no offensive line. Keeps on cooking. The Houston Texans coming off the big win against the Steelers. But I wasn't convinced. I thought we could find better. I kept looking. And what do you know? I find this over-under that is a mortal lock of the century. It's the LA Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles. We're taking the under 50 and a half. Matt Stafford, is he going to play? Yeah, but he's going to be hobbled up by this hip. I've seen this a million times in Detroit. Stafford gets hurt, deteriorates a little bit. He'll keep playing and gut it out, but it ain't quite as good. And the Eagles, everyone thinks of the Eagles as being this great team, which I think they are, but I don't think they've hit their stride yet. This ain't the Washington Commanders anymore. The Rams defense is going to put up a little bit of fight. The Eagles are going to win probably 24-14, something in that range, enough to hit the under 50.5 to get us back to even on the year. Finally, we got to touch on the Sunday night game, the biggest game 
honestly, of the week and maybe of the year so far. Last week's Miami-Buffalo game was pretty big and quickly. We kind of nailed that prediction. Buffalo would win. I said low scoring. I meant kind of a blowout. That's neither here nor there. Let's talk about this week, Sunday night. San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, two of my NFC rivals. The 49ers have been running through people, and the Cowboys, I don't know what to make of them. They either lose to the Cardinals or they blow out teams. What a weird game, but one I'm looking forward to. I'm still not sold on Brock Purdy. He does well in the system. He's like a knockoff Jared Goff, and if you know my opinions on Goff, a.k.a. the goof, that's not a great thing to be, but Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind, to say the least, and Christian McCaffrey is trying his darndest to prove me wrong that running backs do matter. The Cowboys, honestly, they're not that good. Dak Prescott is mid. The defensive line has to carry this team, and if they have a little off game, they fall apart in the secondary. I think the 49ers win and prove themselves to be the best team in the NFC, and the Cowboys are going to be easy work for the upper echelon in the NFC. That's all I got for this week. I'm actually surprisingly confident that we'll have a 3-0 week this week. Lions are going to roll. Colts will win. And easy under in the Eagles-Rams game. We're getting back on track. We're going 3-0 this weekend. I appreciate you listening. Follow us on Instagram, at the Lodge White Show. Make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars so we can attract a massive audience and move up to three or maybe four listeners. And we'll talk next week. We're going to call this a little bonus section of the podcast. Most people heard the outro music and they thought it was over. I need to give my take, folks. Last Sunday night, a travesty hit the NFL. Taylor Swift showed up and all they could talk about was this national star, pop star. Who even is Taylor Swift and all these her fans? I don't even understand. How could someone be this famous for not doing anything? What does she even do, right? Music? This to me, it's a travesty. I don't understand. I didn't want to have to talk about Taylor Swift on the podcast, and I'm sitting here talking about Taylor Swift. I'm glad I buried this at the end of the podcast, so hopefully no one will listen, but just call me confused. We're playing football. We're watching men beat up each other, and we're talking about Taylor Swift, and all, I just, it breaks my brain. I don't understand why she's famous. Taylor Swift and her fans are what's wrong with America. I'm not going to say much more unless I get myself into trouble, but let me just say, I am frustrated. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, the whole Kansas City Chiefs, I'm about fed up with them. It's not just because they always win. It's deeper. It's deeper. That's all I'll say for now. But Travis Kelsey, I'm done with you. I'm sorry.